It is Thursday, June the 24th, 2021. This is Steven Mielhausen, host of the Fight Club, also combat sports reporter for DAZN. It's been a minute, guys, and I do apologize. We have I have not done anything since the interview we put up two weeks ago with Kyle O'Reilly, and it's been madness in my universe to say the least so i do apologize that's still no excuse i should there's been plenty of content to be able to put out but that's on me i apologize we have a great podcast for you guys today but don't forget rate review download and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform itunes spotify google play iheart wherever you listen to a podcast just put, type in Walkway to Fight Club. It's that simple. Bing, bang, boom. It's there for your consumption. Today's guest, Triller founder, Ryan Cavanaugh. We discuss a ton. We talk about will Tiafimo Lopez fight on August 14th? If he doesn't, when will he fight? The whole situation with the fight not taking place on June 19th, we'll discuss Everything that went behind it. We discuss everything about that. We talk Mike Tyson. We talk the latest on Mike Tyson. Will Mike Tyson be fighting for Triller once again? So we talk about that. Will Evander Holyfield and Kevin McBride, will they fight? A lot of goodies in here for you guys. I want, want you guys to listen to it all. There's a ton of good stuff. Ryan was a good sport. And it shows something. And I, I want to be clear about this. There's other people that don't, don't talk to me because I I do work full-time for DAZN. I think it's this whole other side of the street nonsense, I think is a load of blah. It shouldn't matter where you work. Who cares? Never gone with that. Well, you know, you work here. We can't talk never really understood that whole other side of the street bullshit and nonsense and who cares i don't care if you're from the pbc top rank i don't care if you're from antarctica or top rank or you know siberia or i really don't care i just want to talk fights ufc is always great bellator is great kabate america's won championship wwe aew you know, no one really, no one cares. All you work here and you stream this. It's at the end of the day, we're all trying to better combat sports. So that's always been my view. It always will be my view. But there are some sides, uh, the proverbial side of the street, who don't take a shining in what we're doing. And I take that as we're doing something right. So we do tell the truth. I know I do. I don't care. I just love talking about fights. I love talking to wrestling and. This is all fun and games to me. It's just having fun. It's all we ever we have conversations. So, but I mean, Ryan was great. Triller, you know, they easy to work with. PR was great to work with. So I, you know, they made this very simple. It's very. Ryan gave me a lot of time, and I appreciate that. It was only supposed to go like twenty minutes. We went about I think it was around like thirty minutes. So I really do appreciate it. It does mean a lot. But right now. And now for me, here is the founder of Triller, the one and only, Ryan Kavanaugh. 
I've never chatted with this fine fellow, and it's finally good. He's one of the busiest men in combat sports. The the man behind Triller, the one and only Ryan Kavanaugh. And how would you – I was talking to Chris before we came on, Ryan, and how would you describe these last 24 hours? A uh, whirlwind of emotion, you know. Um, just trying to keep together uh, a lot of disappointed people. Uh, you know, a, a uh, – challenging time to say the least um indicative of these you know uncertain you know covid times uh but you know also um empowering to see everybody coming together to make things work anyway now if you could give us the timeline here a little bit when did you find out that tia Fimo had tested positive yesterday morning as i was on the way to the airport that's probably one of those things you don't want to get while going to the airport. Literally, I was walking to my car to oh. go to the airport when I got the call. Now, is that someone from his team calling you? Is that Tia Fimo calling you? Uh, his manager, Nick uh, Waters, called me yeah. and uh, texted me, said it's urgent. And I just was like, this can't be good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it was... Uh, he called and he just said, I have really bad news. Um, both he and his wife came down with COVID and it's symptomatic. What did you do? Is it one of those things where you go back in the house, you get a, you get a cup of coffee and you kind of just try to get process um, everything? Or? I went back in my house. I threw up twice. Um, oh, I, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> it would have made a great story. And then uh, I would have been called a sham because, well, Ryan Kavanaugh told own that he threw up <laughs> No, no, nothing that crazy. I went in, I smoked the joint, had two Valium, and then it called him back. That, don't <laughs> sound, that sounds even just, sounds just as good, I think. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I think I, I've been in crisis management my whole life because of dealing with movies and TV and, you know, just coming to a highly neurotic Jewish family. So it's, uh, <laughs> I was very used to it, to that type of stuff. Not the thing you want to hear when you're in fight week and having just rolled out a massive marketing slash advertising campaign and, you know, looking towards a sold out venue um and having very good trending pay-per-view numbers but um you know it was the first thought it was obviously the show must go on how are we going to make this happen uh and that quickly over about a 10 minute discussion kind of slowly dwindled and made me realize that um you know him being the main event undisputed lightweight champ uh very difficult to have the show go on and not have audience very disappointed that you know the main event was not happening it wasn't like uh you know an undercard or a performer you know it is the entire event is centered around that so it, it was just not there was there was no world in which an audience was going to come either in person or on pay-per-view and not be unhappy that the main event wasn't on i want to ask you this because there was a report yesterday that Evander Holyfield and Kevin McBride's team, they were trying to cook something up. They had both been training. I got they, the report said they were both going to be in Miami for the show this weekend to do some press for their fight coming up later this year. And 
and they were going to reach out to you, but they, you were, they were told that you were going get, to get back to them. Was there any thought at all of going with the Vander Holyfield and having him fight Kevin McBride, or was that really a non-starter for you? I mean, they called me. Not, not, uh, not untrue. He called me midday and said, Hey, I just read all this press. Evander could fight. And we, first of all, as I told him, um, you know, you can't change a fight fight week of Monday with no promotions. By the time it was midday, end of the day, Monday, a day on the East coast, by the time we even could cut an advertising spot, it wouldn't get in a rotation. So nobody would even know it was going to happen except for people who maybe read some sport press. We would have had a lot of upset people who came to see the lightweight champ and, you know, look, Evander's a, a fun fight. Uh, you know, McBride, I don't know if he's in shape. I haven't seen him at all. Uh, last time I saw him, he had a pretty big beer belly and, you know, uh, no, not that he shouldn't. He's, you know, in his fifties and having living the good life. Like, you know, I'm one to talk, but um, but you know, uh, it was just, I, I told the vendors manager, like, I, I appreciate it, but it's not realistic. You can't just announce. It's like announcing, would you announce a fight? It, would I announce that Evander's fighting on Saturday randomly on a Monday? Uh, anyway, I think that's a good idea. No. So replacing it is not a good idea. It's, it's not, it's just going to create confusion and piss people off. Why he decided to go to the press and tell them that he called me and said that I have no idea. Um, I texted him and said, that's very uncool. Um, but you know, look, I, he got his, he got his moment in the press. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> is that a fight you still want to book with Evander Holyfield or is that kind of, we have, not only do we want to book it, I've paid him a substantial amount of money, right? Um, so for that fight, so it's booked, it's ours. Um, but, uh, I need McBride to be in shape. Um, and I needed to be a real fight. And the last I saw, which was, uh, you know, them kind of, uh, at a, at a, our press conference, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't anywhere near being ready. Evander's always ready. Evander's in sick shape and never stops training. He, he was ready. I think he was ready the day he came out of the womb and he'll be ready till the day he goes in the grave. <laughs> but you know, that man's like, like a freak of nature. You know, he's, he's like, uh, I don't know, Adonis body or whatever you call it, but you know, uh, McBride not so much and he needs to be you know he's he's a fighter that some people remember others don't but you know he took Tyson down and pushed Tyson in retirement which is why this fight made sense well we were promised he was going to train and be in shape and make it a great fight so uh I even if he was in the best shape ever it's not a fight I would decide on Monday to throw on Saturday which is why they call it fight promotion right if, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. Well, you know, if, they, if it's just about, hey, we're going to fight on Saturday, why doesn't he do it? Like, they, they can just go fight on Saturday and tell everybody to tune in. <laughs> you couldn't have said that any better. And, <laughs> you know, the news came down. A lot of people were disappointed about what happened. It really was one of the top trending, top, top, one of the top trending subjects all day long. And not in a good way for you guys. And, you know, you said you were going to move it to August 14th. But the, but the Marlins play against the, my, not my Chicago Cubs, but I bet I'm based in Chicago, but they play the Cubs on August 14th. Right now, what, where do you think this event is going to take place? Well, so, uh, good question. It wouldn't be at Marlin Park. Um, the reason we picked August 14 
um, is that we're trying to pick a date far enough out that, you know, I mean, he's got, he's got symptomatic COVID. Last I heard he had 102 and was 90% oxygen. He's also got, he's also got asthma. So, you know, he's going to be very affected by this. It's not like, uh, oh, he'll be better in four days. So he needs time. He couldn't even shadow box for 45 seconds without, you know, basically collapsing. So he needs time to, um, uh, you know, both recover, get back into training. It's not like this is some little fun social media fight. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, it's a, this is a real title fight for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world, you know, so it's got to, he's going to have to be in shape. So we tried to give enough time. We hope for him to hopefully get to have a speedy recovery. We don't know how long that's going to take, get back into training and go. Yeah. You've got the, on the, the weekend after the 14th, you've got the, um, the, uh, Tyson Fury fight and uh, the weekend before I forgot what it was, but there's another fight. So it was really the only date in August that worked. Um, and I, then after that, so Cambosos is having a baby in September. Obviously he's from Australia. There's a 14 day quarantine going into Australia. So he's not going to chance, uh, you know, fighting in early August and early September and not being able to make it back in time for, you know, his, his, the birth of his baby. So it's kind of, it's August 14th or, or October. And, you know, we hope he's going to recover quick enough to make that date. Have you talked to Tiafimo yet, Ryan, or no? Yeah. How's his mood right now? Uh, he sounds pretty sick. Um, he, uh, I don't, I, you know, he, I think he knows he let people down. He, he definitely um, expressed that he feels terrible, especially for George, um, knowing that, you know, I mean, George made weight this week and, you know, that's very hard and has his whole family here, flew over from Australia, has been here for weeks on end training, you know, has his pregnant wife here. I mean, they both have pregnant wives, Tiafimo and, and he, Tiafimo's pregnant wife has also got COVID. So it, a lot of emotions, I think, um, you know, uh, he comes from a, a very tough family, you know, who's like telling him, Oh, fight anyway, fight anyway. And, you know, he's sick. Um, so I think he's torn in many directions. I think he, obviously this is a, a big payday and a very important fight. Um, so it's very emotional for him. It's very emotional for George, uh, multiple of the undercard fighters, you know, some of them were, were crying. I mean, this is not a, positive thing this is a uh, very difficult for all of them and you know i was licking my own wounds you know this is costing us a fortune there, there's no covid insurance you know like and we had already i mean even as i was meeting with george Cambosis today and they were talking about how the entire block where they, they're in feels the same that you know the last time they were at a canelo fight or in fight week or you know, Tyson uh, Fury fight that's blanketed. It's the press. You got everybody land outside the, the posters, the, you know, media assets, you know, and it was so exciting for them. And then all of a sudden to have this. So from my perspective, I'm, I look I'm driving around Miami going, oh, my God, there's a million. Oh, no, there's two million. Oh, my God, there's another million. Um, but, you know, and, and of course, going like, how can we not have fucking COVID insurance? Well, it doesn't exist. Well, how come we couldn't make it exist? Um, but uh, at the same time, as bad as I feel for us, 
you know, we will recover. We will do the fight. Yes, we're out. I don't know a lot of millions of dollars, but these fighters, this is their life. You know, this is their, they live, eat, sleep, breathe. And if for some of them, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to go to the next level. So, you know, as much as I feel bad for us, I feel really bad for them. I think I would be crying if I was you. I was told, hey, I'm losing millions of dollars. I think I'd be in my bed with a big box of Kleenex and just under my covers for about two days and maybe some alcohol to go with it. I think it's the amount of alcohol I've been drinking that's keeping me from crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, honestly, you know, um, I just think back to the place in my career where I had that one big opportunity that like was coming and it happened. And how many times the thing that I was coming and didn't happen and then multiply that times uh, an amount of training that I can't possibly comprehend, you know, a physical and mental training of just the, what a boxer has to do to get in that kind of shape, be mentally ready, be physically ready, the way they eat, the way they train, the way they sleep, the, what they have to do with their families. And then, multiply that that they've been doing that for four months five months six months and then as they're coming to that moment it's like yeah just kidding like that and 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 even though we've rescheduled it it's like you know there's a lot of uncertainty because it's COVID it's not like he's got the flu or it's a family thing that we know is going to be fixed I mean it's COVID and he has asthma like we don't know if that means he's out for four weeks or he's out for 40 weeks and so you know we hope it's quick in recovery, but, but, but I feel bad for him, but I feel much worse for the other fighters, um, who, you know, like Kambusos, so who this was his real, this is a real chance, you know, um, I can meet you guys if you guys want to go down. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then for, you know, Dazorn and just, I mean, there's probably five other fighters on that card who this is a big, important opportunity that, I mean, this isn't like someone just strolling in who even whether it's a singer or whether it's a movie star who oh, I prepared for a role, I'm showing up on set, oh, got pushed. No, these are people who push their bodies and their brains to limits that we can't comprehend. At least I can't. My, my brain doesn't work that hard. <laughs> my brain doesn't work that hard either. And, you know, you look at you're talking about, you know, symptoms he has and, you know, you're you set a date for August 14th. Like you said, you got to do promotion. You got to do advertising. You got to make new promo videos and everything of that nature. How much time can you, how much of a time window can you have to do a proper fight promotion if he's ready for August 14th? I mean, so we're going to spend most of this week assessing. Um, We're going to look at, you know, we're just getting information on what the viral load is, which will tell us how early or late he is in, in, in the process we're going to talk to his doctors and you know have him reassessed as to like with his asthma what do they realistically think because to do this right we have to start re-promoting now effectively monday you know it's not people think it's so far away it's seven weeks away if you take out fight week it's six weeks away so um we've really got to be uh we got to start monday and so if we're really just spending time trying to understand the dynamic and if we feel that there's a good chance call it more than a 20 25 i'll see you guys down there um thank you guys a 20 25 chance or more that he's not going to be ready 
we will probably have to kick it out to October because it's not fair. Combosis isn't going to miss his child's birth. Um, and that means he's out for September. Um, and, you know, the next date is October. There was a date he was going to return if he was going to, after, if he was going to fight on Saturday was October 2nd. Is it correct? Have you thought about dates in October yet, or are you just trying to really focus in on August 14th? I mean, we are keeping all options open. So I'd say October 2nd is where we would go if we realize he's not going to be ready for August 14th because he already said he would fight on that day. Um, and George is supposed to have his baby at the end of August. I mean, the end of September. So, uh, you know, I think that's realistic that week or the week after. Now, you know, we were talking about venues earlier. And you look at what's going on if you do it in August. You have Fury Wilder, July 24th. You have Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence on August 21st in Las Vegas. I've seen people. Oh, yeah. I said Pacquiao. I, sorry. I, I, I mean, I said Fury Wilder. I meant Pacquiao. You got, then you got Pacquiao on August 21st. You got Jake Paul the following week against Tyron Woodley. Where would be in your own mind? What would be a logical destination for you? Because you, you've done California, you've done Atlanta, you were going to go to Florida, but now the Marlins are going to be at home that weekend. It, is that something you think about on Monday? Or is that something that's already I, been in your mind? I think ideally I'd like to be in Vegas. Um, and I'd probably like to make a whole thing of it. So what we're talking about now that we... So, so we were going to do a, another one in October anyway. So I would pro I mean, well, September, October, I would probably merge the two, um, make a weekend of it like a festival. So I'd probably have a Friday night versus concert, followed by a Saturday all day concert, followed by the fight Saturday night, followed by music on Sunday and a Triller Fest party on Sunday night in Vegas. Man. I'm already going to be there for the, if you do it in Vegas, Ryan, I'm there because I'm already going to be there for the pack. Vegas, I Vegas, baby. <laughs> My wife will be happy. I'm there for like eight, nine days, but I don't think that would be, I think we should make, I think you should make that happen. If we're just going to only for you, I'll do it only for you. <laughs> you know, you look at, you know, now you got a little more time and you know, like you said, we've talked about these cards. How do you try, is that something you would want to do? to separate yourself from Fury Wilder three Spence, Spence Pacquiao, and then Jake, the Jake Paul fight. Is that something you feel like that's the right formula where you can go do that and separate yourself from everybody else? Um, yes. Meaning, uh, you know, look, people are trying to copy us pretty obvious left, right, and center. We have, we've got, you know, everything from obviously the, uh, the Floyd fight where they put, you know, tried to put some rap music on and get the lights to the different cameras to obviously, um, you know, the YouTube TikTok fight, you know, where they had their own music. Um, I think people are realizing it ain't as easy as it seems. Um, you know, uh, I think as these numbers come out, people will see how hard getting numbers really is. Um, I think people are looking at production and, uh, technical from delivery and uh, just the whole package and realizing, okay, well, this isn't a simple, this is a pretty hard thing. Um, so, you know, we always want to be distinguished. So that's part of why 
we're going to create versus fighting. We're going to have versus fight club. We will have a versus with these giant artists. We will have a full festival and concert um, around and with um, the fight. So it's like, rather than just doing, okay, it's some music, it's a concert with the fight. No, no, no. We're doing a festival. We're going to create Triller Fest. It's a weekend party where they fucking fight right in the middle of it. By the way, you don't want to come to the party. You don't have to come to the party. You don't want to come see the biggest bands in the world play. You don't have to come. Uh, you don't want to go party all night with 25,000 of your closest friends. You don't have to do that either. You just want to come watch the best boxing there is. Come watch the best boxing. And by the way, it will be the best. We'll have the best. We'll have a, the most epic setup you'll, you've seen with performances and things that are unheard of that we've come up with. Um, in fact, I could tell you this much. One of the things that we created for the fight that was ready, which will be on the next fight, was so epic that it's already spun off into its own TV show by a major because it was so unheard of. Um, but, you know, we're now spinning it where boxing purists, you want to just come and see the fight, you don't have to sit through a concert. Um, you want to come and sit through a partial concert, see three hours of your favorite bands, and then the fights, you can do that. Or come party for the whole weekend. I like where your head's at. I like that. It's something you well, need something different, because I've seen... I don't know if you've seen this. I don't think you got... No one's responded. I know you guys had made a shot at Mayweather, Paul, then Leonard Ellerby fired back. Yeah, well, I mean, the response is really simple. First of all, I feel bad our social media team did that. Um, I didn't know we did that, so I took it down. I, well, I say I... When I read that, I was like, ah, we don't need to be trolls. So we took it down because it was trollish. Yeah. And so I, I do feel shitty for that because it is a hard thing and we shouldn't be mocking anybody who's putting on a fight. That being said, they were like, yeah, but Floyd decided to go out and do a press conference and shit on Triller and talk about Triller's numbers. And first of all, we never even put out our Jake Paul numbers. The only person that ever talked about numbers was Jake Paul. Um, and he's talking about being honest with pay-per-view as if somehow we were dishonest. And so, you know, then he goes and he tells everybody he's robbing the bank and he goes and puts on a shitty fight. Um, like, what does he expect? Like he can dish it out, but he can't take it. And so I, they weren't wrong, by the way. I, 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 I saw it and I saw what they said and I was like, I mean, what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. Like he's going to go to a press conference and out of the blue, just shit on us and then go put on a half-assed fight. Like, okay. Um, Logan did a great job. I mean, you know, a non-boxer getting in the ring with Floyd and staying up, you know, whatever, like, you know, it's great. Yeah. Floyd, he didn't take it seriously. And he told people he was stealing their money. Like it's kind of shitty. I'm just saying like, but should we be the trolls posting Whatever they posted, I think it was <laughs> Floyd, and, Floyd and Logan in wedding dresses dancing. I mean, you know, wasn't wasn't the, our best hour? I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny though. I'm not gonna say it like as a journalist, it, it was a good it was a good troll job. It was uh, yeah. I mean, look, we've got really good, we've got really good trolls on our payroll. I can tell you that. <laughs> So I also cover mixed martial arts and I think maybe that part's off the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's part. 
Oh, yeah. Muscle cover makes martial arts, and Dana White always. Dana White seems to like the media likes bringing Triller up, bringing you up, and then Dana White always has a response to you. Well, my favorite was when Dana was asked to talk to you know, something about Triller. He goes, I'm never going to talk about Triller. I don't want to talk about Triller. And then he spent half his time talking about Triller. Why do you think he's so, I hate saying the word reluctant, but why do you think there's hesitation to even have a conversation with you? I don't know. I mean, I've called him a few times, not every day, like he said, but you know, if he thinks it's every day, cool. I mean, if, if, if calling him every day gets me GSP, I'll call him every day. Um, but you know, I think, uh, I, I don't know why he doesn't want to talk to me. I did call him three or four times and text him, let him know I have the utmost respect for him. And that I think there's something that could just be mutually beneficial for us. You know, we're not trying to compete with them. But um, doesn't want to talk, so don't know. I can't. How close were really... thoughts with George St. Pierre? How close? How was close were the what? How, sorry, I missed that. How close were the what? How close were you guys to making George St. Pierre and Oscar De La Hoya? We literally have a signed deal with both ready to go. It was purely and only waiting on Dana's approval. Did you talk to anyone in the UFC or was it you felt like you just had to go through Dana and not try to find another way some for like like a Lawrence Epstein or someone along that line? Well, the thing is that GSP and his team said, look, we're very tight with Dana and um, GSP really helped to make the UFC. He's not going to say no to the GSP to, to, uh, um, to, to uh, GSP. So, you know, let, let, just let us go do it and we'll make it happen. And they came back and they said, he said, over my dead body, I'm never going to ever let them have any of my fighters. And they responded and said, obviously, that Dana was very aware that GSP is never fighting again. Um, and that his only single only reason for fighting was because one of his lifelong bucket lists was to actually be in the ring with Oscar De La Hoya. Um, but I think, you know, he also hates Oscar Dana. Um, and so I don't think that helped the matter, but I was just told, he said, I'm not going to help put money in those guys' pockets. Um, so, uh, you know, when they told me that they couldn't get it done and that they're tight with him and that he'd never, he, he, he generally, you know, I, I just was, uh, I realized it, it's, if he says no, it ain't going to happen. And you know, I already got a, a legal letter when I merely tweeted out when John, when Jones was having a big pay problem. And I just tweeted out and said, at John Jones, maybe we, you can fight on Fight Club and we can work a deal out with the UFC. And I got a legal letter from the UFC saying I was interfering in our contract. What? Yeah. I think we just broke some news here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally, I literally got a legal letter. I went on my Twitter, as did, by the way, Bellator and others. I went first, but they came shortly after. <laughs> and, and I just said, you know, I, I literally typed that John Jones who had tweeted out, I want out of my contract. You know, I'm not happy with this. I, there's no negotiation going on. And I just tweeted out to him saying, let's talk. Maybe we can do something. He actually said he wanted to work with Triller publicly, actually. 
And I said, maybe we can work something out that's mutually beneficial, including at USC, meaning we can do something that hopefully benefits them as well. And I didn't hear back from Dana or UFC. I did get a legal letter saying cease and desist any communications. And, uh, you know, I laughed. I just, I, I think I, I ran out of toilet paper, so I used the letter. What is your reaction when they send you a letter like that and then they won't allow you to use George St. Pierre, even though George St. Pierre has made it pretty abundantly clear that he's never going to fight in the octagon again? My reaction is, um, I mean, I thought slavery was outlawed, but apparently not. We'll end with this. When What's that? If fans don't get, if Tiafimo Lopez still can't fight on August 14th, when can fans expect to see Triller back in the boxing space? We're going to have a very big announcement very, very soon. A very big announcement. Um, I saw a picture today of Oscar De La Hoya and Mike Tyson. Does it have anything to do with that, Ryan Kevin? It very well may. You know, I'm cooler than Coppinger, so. Just... Oh, yeah. I love, like, me and Mike are friends, so I'm going to text Mike when we're done, actually. And But, no, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But, no, but sometime next week, Ryan, or just kind of. So what? Next week, you said? Um, maybe tomorrow. I'm not I, sure I'm yet. I'm one day late here. I'm one day early, is what you're you, telling us. You, 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 maybe one day early, but it doesn't mean that you won't get it as part of like uh, maybe one or two parties that would get it first. I don't have it done yet. Um, so I've got to, I haven't had time because I've been dealing with this to actually lock down what I need to lock down to be able to announce anything. Um, but uh, if I can work on it tonight, I could announce it tomorrow. Is everything good with Mike now? Uh, you know, look, we have an option on Mike. We want him his next fight. Um, we have utmost respect for him. Uh, he doesn't realize that he had people around him who I believe actually took money that they weren't owed yeah. um, and that he doesn't know and thinks it didn't get to his camp. Um, and if he knew, he'd realize that, uh, you know, he needs to reassess that side. I think that in order to, to deflect and not get, I'll call it caught, people around him may be not telling him the reality of a certain situation. And I understand if that's the case, why he thinks maybe certain things didn't happen, but, um, he was paid an extreme amount of money and he was paid that specifically because we took the risk that nobody else was willing to take of his comeback based on that the next fight would be the Holyfield fight. So we do have an option on Holyfield. We've already, as I said, when I say option, we've already paid him partially. Mike, we have you know, the first and last on, so nobody could do this without us. Um, and I'm just hoping that the people who are around Mike, who have been blocking him, uh, that enough people around us like Oscar are speaking to him, that he's finally gonna understand the reality.
Huge thank you to Ryan Cavanaugh. A lot of... We did that interview, full disclosure, probably... We did it last week. And a lot has changed. There's a report out there that the fight has been switched. I haven't gotten... I've talked to Ryan Cavanaugh. I talked to him this morning. Tiafimo's still really, 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 really sick. So... It's not looking like August 14th is going to happen. It look. I know for a fact September 11th is not going to happen. Because George Cambosis is having a baby. And the fact that he'd have to go back to Australia. Quarantine for two weeks. He would be missing the birth of his child. So. We will take C. We'll see what happens. I've been told October is looking more likely. And that was in an article I wrote last week, and that's what Ryan Cavanaugh just said to you guys here. So but I do want to thank Ryan Cavanaugh for the time. Interesting comments on Mike Tyson. Interesting comments on Evander Holyfield. Nothing Ryan Cavanaugh said was wrong. So definitely want you guys to I know everyone has their thing about Triller, and you know that's I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict the future. I would, I think for the sake of boxing, I think Triller has been very good. The end of the day, fighters should get paid. Paid more money. I can't begrudge any fighter that is trying to maximize their earning potential. These guys and girls put their lives on the line every time they step into the ring or they step into the cage. We're just the schmucks talking about it, if we're being honest with ourselves. So, I think we'll see what happens. I do want to see Lopez and Cambosis. I don't care when it takes place. I, I just It's an intriguing fight in a couple different ways. And now you add this layer with Tiafimo Lopez. And, and the fight's now more intriguing. Because if you look at fighters coming off of COVID, don't look good. Very, I'm so intrigued. By this whole, it gives another layer to the fight that people really aren't talking about. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But got a lot of great stuff coming up here. This is going to air on today for tomorrow. Cyreal Gain, UFC heavyweight number three in the world. He faces Alexander Volkov this coming Saturday live on ESPN Plus. Get the subscription. I like ESPN Plus. I gotta say it's not. It's not the zone, but. I do like ESPN Plus. I think it it's like the zone. It's very user-friendly. Give me a friendly you unlike Peacock. It's where the zone and ESPN Plus are top-notch on top of the game. They make it very, very simple, very user-friendly, and that's what a streaming service should be. The interface should be very simple to use. Peacock makes it, it makes it horrific when I'm trying to watch WWE stuff. So but we will have a conversation with Cyril Gain. He headlines UFC Fight Night this coming Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas. Really looking forward to that fight. That's, that fight is going to be huge. Next week, a lot of good stuff. Titus O'Neill joins the podcast. Second consecutive year, Titus O'Neill has been nominated a finalist for the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. So that was a great conversation with Titus. 
The article is up on DAZN, but the full interview will be up with Titus O'Neill on Monday. And then also next week, Johnny Drip Drip, John Morrison. John Morrison's in money in the bank. He beat Randall K. Orton on Monday Night Raw to qualify for the Money in the Bank lighter match taking place on July 18th out in Fort Worth, Texas. WWE returning full-time on the road. First pay-per-view with fans. Full capacity crowd since, God, I think Elimination Chamber 2020. So looking looking forward to talking to John. Looking forward to the conversation with John Morrison. And also next week, a pro wrestling legend, the enforcer, double A, Aaron Anderson, founding member of the Four Horsemen, former WWE agent, current coach in AEW, and the right-hand man to the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. A good conversation with Mr. Anderson. We talked about a ton. And good Lord, did we talk about a ton. In a short amount of time, me and Aaron Anderson squeezed a lot out, and he says I look like Chris Jericho. You can tell me what you guys think, but... Some good stuff coming up, guys. And we got some UFC stuff coming up. More pro wrestling stuff coming up. Got a lot of stuff in the can, guys. You guys will be amazed of what is going to be coming out. It's going to pour it on slowly but surely. We got stuff with Eric Bischoff. We got stuff with Wesley Blake. If you don't know, think about it. Wesley Blake from WWE. He's I forget the new name he's going by, but he's... His... his 90-day non-compete is coming to an end, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. He put out a pretty cool video on his Twitter today, so I definitely make sure you guys watch that. Got him. Got Chuck Palumbo is going to be coming. Eric Bischoff. And there's one, a very controversial one, that I'm not going to reveal yet. I want you, but there's a lot to that situation, so I'm looking forward to. That's not going to be till sometime in July. So, but I'm doing the interview actually in like an hour. I think an hour and a half. Let's see. What am I doing that interview today? I'm doing the interview today. I just got to see. Let's see. Oh, I'm actually doing it within the hour. <laughs> so, make sure you guys stay locked in for that. But don't forget rate review subscribe download do all what the kids do walk with fight club google play spotify itunes all your favorite podcasting platforms it's so simple guys it, it, they may, in this day of age they make it so easy you can find me on twitter at s mulehausen jr that's s-m-u-e-h-l-h-a-u-s-e-n find the podcast on twitter at walkway fight also have the facebook page just type in walkway to fight club have a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash walkway to fight club. Instagram, walkway to fight club, all in lowercase letters. It has been a long week, two weeks, but I'm we're glad to be back. Thank you to Triller founder Ryan Cavanaugh for the time. This is Steven Mielhausen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Mwah. Peace. I'm out.